the difficulty in that is me keeping up the relationships. I have difficulty outside of work keeping up like outside of my immediate family. I don't call, I don't text, I don't email. So the expectation of keeping up the relationship at work with strangers at the end of the day can seem so easy, but at the same time, it's not. Hi, this is I'm Just Sharing with Shonda. I'm Shonda, and this is my fifth episode. I am excited to talk about my experiences that I have in the workplace and how they affect me inside and outside. So let's get into it. My first segment, Think Peace. Um, so at my job with customer service, is just all about keeping up relationships. And uh, we use this system called Salesforce, and it's just to keep in touch with our customers. There's three ways, uh, three communications that we use through Salesforce, which is calling, texting, and email. Now, for customers that come in, like there's a certain time period that we do have to reach out. So um, I usually start off with a call and... As usual, when somebody sees a random number, they're not going to answer it. <laughs> so um, when they don't call or when they don't answer, I end up texting. And, you know, text messages like take seconds to respond to. But I definitely understand on the customers and when it's not a 10 digit phone number that they're seeing um, and it's four, they're going to assume that it's spam. And that's understandable. So. Note right there, but still, text message takes seconds. You know, tell me you're not interested or thanks for letting me know. Stop texting me, you know, stuff like that. But uh, customers don't respond and that's okay. Um, others email. And if I do have an email on file, if a customer gives me their email, I usually email them back. I usually get like 100% response on that, but downfall, it's only when it comes to bill issues, when it comes to customers bills they reach out to me through email and that's about it it's never just after the check-in that I just did which is fine but this leads me all to say with this sales force we're trained to use and contact customers after they leave the store just to keep up the relationships the difficulty in that is me keeping up the relationships I have difficulty outside of work keeping up like outside of my immediate family. I don't call, I don't text, I don't email. And I know that a call with family members can be short, like five, 15 minutes, maybe an hour. Text messages take seconds, you know, but it's very difficult to do that. So the expectation of keeping up the relationship <laughs> at work with strangers at the end of the day can seem so easy, but at the same time, it's not. I have a very difficult time doing that, and I would rather choose my family over strangers, but it's even hard to do that because I get into this argument with other people's, you know, take on it, customers or my family, of saying that the phone works both ways. I know this, but I want to update you on my life as much as possible but it's just as everybody knows we have our own lives it's hard to keep up relationships it's hard to keep up 
that connection. And at the end of the day, what usually brings family members together, the ones that you don't talk to, is a wedding, a funeral, maybe a family reunion. But it's rare. It's very rare. So making that time and effort to do so is difficult. Um, I was just saved with my background, and this like sort of kind of gets deep, of the religion that I was brought up in. It was just, it was very tough trying to navigate keeping up the relationship. There uh, was just a tough time where my mom is um, disfellowshipped, and I'll get into that a little bit more. It's very hard for me to explain, but to me, on my end, what disfellowship is, is just isolation and reflection on uh, decisions that you made and wanting to get back and have that family unit again. But when she was, I felt that I was. And I wasn't, but I just felt that if my mom <laughs> is disfellowshipped, then I am too. So I don't feel that I can talk to other people outside the organization or family members. And most of my family are uh, in this religion. I'd rather not disclose it because it's a little bit personal and I never want to speak negatively about it because they taught me a lot and it's been like a huge structure in my life. And to me, it's like the kind of person I'm in today. I'm kind, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> And I'm not afraid to express my emotions, but growing up, you know, following my mom's um, under her rules, you know, and I'm a young girl, so like I have to follow what my mom says. And I wanted to do it too. But it was just difficult trying to navigate on when she was and trying to reach out to my family. I just felt like I couldn't reach out to my family because of the fact that she was disfellowshipped. So, it was from like now, I want to say, now that I'm like not in it, I do feel more freely to call anytime. And that's what they say, call anytime. It really doesn't matter either because family will always be there for you. And I guess I just have the burden, uh, I put that burden on myself about not reaching out when I know that I can, because then I wouldn't really know what to say. <laughs> I would want to tell my family everything that's been going on in my life. And it's very, I'm trying not to get emotional because I want them to be a part of my life and they are, but I just don't like that. It's so distant and I want to make that first step, but I feel like when I make that first step, it's going to be huge and impactful because I want to I want them to understand like how I feel and growing up that it was just very difficult for me to communicate the way how like I wanted to communicate I just didn't know how to I didn't know how to and my mom was definitely a huge mentor and like I can talk to her easily but when it came to aunts and cousins, I just still had that difficult time just reaching out. But I know that they would take me with open arms. I just have to try. <laughs> I just have to do it.
yeah <laughs> yeah um which can be scary this is going to be uh I'm, i want to get into a deeper conversation when i have my mom on and get my mom around and my sisters they were aware when I first started that I said I, I would like to have deep conversations. So I guess this is, this might be a very short episode <laughs> um, because it's just a little bit tough to talk about and have my thoughts on this topic. But I would say the big takeaway is that communication and keeping up connection is key. I would love to have that turnaround with my family. I would also like it to ha like have that turnaround at work because I lack on it for sure. And then being a manager, teaching my team that too, that we need to um, be on top of Salesforce because that's what drives people back is just talking and keeping up that connection. So I guess if I try at work, <laughs> it won't be so difficult for me to try to have that conversation with my, you know, with my aunts and cousins. I really want to have a huge, deep conversation with them. I know that will happen, but in due time, in due time. I'll definitely keep you guys up with it for sure. Um, yeah, very short, but <laughs> um, I would just wanted to say it does, it's easy to make a phone call too. So if anybody isn't, just make that phone call or email me. <laughs> I can be the start of whatever you want to talk about. Again, I always create a safe space, no matter where I am. I create a safe place at work. <laughs> and I would say all my customers aren't afraid to open up, never peer pressure or whatever. They just get very vulnerable. And we always have a therapy session in my store, which is awesome to us. I feel very connected to customers. And I feel that's why they feel so safe coming back. And they only trust me. <laughs> they only trust me when they come into the store. Because if they don't see me in the store, they rather not come in. Which says a lot about them, but also says a lot about my team. I asked them, like, is my team not doing something right? They was like, oh, no, they can do it. We just trust you. I'm like, do you know how much stress that that you put on me when you just look for me? I need for you to come in and talk to my people at least. Let them at least try. Try it. And um, we'll get past all those barriers. But cool. <laughs> cool. This moves me on to my random thought. My segue. <laughs> My random thought today was how I feel like a kung fu artist master when I catch a fly in my hand, in my bare hand. You don't know how quick you have to be to catch those suckers. And I feel like I've, I've caught so many in my lifetime. <laughs> I've caught so many to the younger ones who just came out, unfortunately, very sorry. To the older ones who are a little bit sluggish, the big ones, but then also the little speedy motherfuckers, okay? And, you know, you just like, you, you, some, sometimes, right, you have to like do it one or two, three times and then you catch their asses. And then you're like, ah, but the moments that I catch the first time in my hand, I just felt like a god, like, ah. 
oh, but I felt so bad because I also killed it while I catched it. But recently, I caught a fly right in between my finger, right between my fingers. And it was his little, um, his wing. And I said, oh my gosh, you're still alive. But oh my gosh, I just caught you and you're still alive. And I was very happy to let it go into the outside where they belong because that's where they belong. You just don't belong in the house because once you come in the house, you're dead, unfortunately. And when we were younger, me and my sisters would kill the flies. You know, let me go into just killing the flies because we did. Anybody does. Don't judge me. (laughs) Not everyone can be saved, but with a fly swatter. And what we did was just leave it on the window um, and we had like a sliding door. So it would be like probably about five bodies on the sliding door. And we would leave it there and their guts are all smashed, the little green pus is all everywhere. It was just disgusting. And then it got dried up, but it stayed on there. And my mom would come down the stairs and she's like, why, why don't y'all clean this up? And I'm like, we're sending a message. <laughs> we're sending the message to all of those flies out there that this can be you. And this will be you if you fly into this house. And that is what a time, what a time. Now, like when I see one and like, you know, because there are moments where you see one, they're right between the blondes and you like push the blonde to it because, you know, it's a huge catch. I can't be the only one that do this. So like, you're just like, ah, oh, yeah. And in the splatter, I look at it and like, I could leave you there. I leave you there. And then also when it's not on the window and it ends up on the blind, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm leaving you there. But then I end up getting it after it's dried out and, you know, gone. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, now now I can clean you up. But I think it's also nice to send a message to all the little insects out there that this will be your last time. I mean, but if they do make it out, sorry for the threats. (laughs) But uh, if they do make it out, I'm happy. But that was my random thought for today. And then huge, like moving on to appreciating the little things. To me, this is a big thing because recently, uh, I'm just going to say I appreciate writers and directors. Um, I watched Project Greenlight on Max, Issa Rae's my girl. Uh, but it's a documentary, uh, about what it takes to be a director. And I love seeing the behind the scenes and, uh, um, and what it takes to make a movie. Right. So this leads me into loving the movie. They just cloned Tyrone. Okay. I love the storyline, the character relationship, They filmed in Atlanta, Georgia, and I just love the whole plot twist. I'm telling you, when I made that connection, and I don't want to give it away, it's what had it's like 96% Rotten Tomatoes. I'm pretty sure everybody watched it, but the plot twist that was in there when I figured it all out and everything was just coming together, I'm like, oh my gosh. But then jaw dropped of the twist that they did at the end. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I have to, I have to see who came up with this. And um, 
Jewel Taylor is the director of They Clone Tyrone. <laughs> and this was his um, film director debut. And he co-written co-written it with Tony Rettenmeyer. Just such a great movie. <laughs> such an awesome movie. I would say if you didn't watch it, go watch it because it was just awesome sauce and made me think made me think (laughs) um but pay the writers man it is I feel like the minds of actual people are out of this world for sure I just I pay the writers I just that's all I have to say because that right there just uh really 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 good movie and I suggest anybody should watch it. But this was I'm just sharing with Shonda. I'm getting the feel of this, guys. I appreciate everybody who likes, comments, and subscribes, which is nobody for now, but who cares? I'm just glad I'm doing this. But please remember to rate, like, comment, and subscribe um, on YouTube. I am on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, Email me and share your experiences with me um, at I'm just sharing at oh I'm just sharing at gmail.com. Bye.